Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again to another issue Hi. of Krakoa Radio. Steven, we're not going to start the show like this today. What are you doing? I, okay, oh, first of oh all, are, we, are we talking about something right now? Our, our circuit party is going to be really amazing today. Y'all know this is going to be Steven's moment. So, so before yes, I introduce the always Steven's moment. What, what, when is it not my moment? We can't even get to the introduction because she is lactating and ovulating today. So with our show today, we are going to be discussing Wolverine number 17, Sword number 9, Marauders 25, and the amazing... <laughs> this is what uh, uh, the Child of Magneto should have did, uh, Inferno number 2, with my lovely co-host, Blackbird. Got there eventually. Table dusk here in this bitch was fucking good. Uh, we know we're all things archivists, the, the truth for all of Morocco. Um, some people on this panel might not accept the truth, but you know, we won't keep it 100 here at dusk. Uh, the wind god, Bonto. Table day, what's good? Your region's here. <laughs> and his king, HRH, uh, Dr. Showtime. Uh, I'm here representing Table Day, um, as always, sitting above us. Yes. All right, so me, uh, sitting on table night, hidden away from the girls, because I can't take y'all. Um, but I love y'all. We are reviewing... Who are we reading first? We're reading the Inferno, Inferno first, because honestly, I'm not going to say that they were all bad this week, but I will say that only one had hit hit all the marks in all the right ways um and that it met my expectations and exceeded it so showtime take it away daddy you got all right so i'm covering inferno number two the cover has um my fave uh emma grace frost on the front so just in case we're unclear that that is setting the standard um she's the moment thank you um so we open up to a sort of replay of what happened in Inferno 1, where we saw uh, Xavier and Eric um, following, quote unquote, following through with uh, Moira's uh, request to make sure that Destiny is totally uh, unable to be resurrected uh, by destroying her DNA samples that were with Sinister um, and in uh, uh, Magneto's backup uh, cradle. Uh, we see that, uh, in fact, uh, Mystique was the one who actually turned into both of them and completed those activities, um, and in turn, excuse me, and in turn um, uh, cause uh, Destiny to be resurrected. She ended up uh, tricking the five um, by masquerading as uh, Xavier uh, into uh, reviving Destiny, and then uh, she convinced hope to pick up somebody's telepathy from somewhere, I don't know from where, um, to return uh, Destiny's memories to her. Uh, we see that Destiny has been resurrected uh, much, much younger uh, than she was when she died. Um, she is significantly younger appearing. She looks sort of like uh, her granddaughter, blindfold a little bit. Um, so it's uh, very obvious that uh, Mystique intended to bring her back younger so that they can spend more time together. We see sort of the uh, healing process uh, of Destiny re uh, being resurrected and her powers kicking back in. 
it takes her about a month to sort of get back in full stride with her powers, um, which is surprising to me that nobody was able to detect her. None of the Omega level telepaths anywhere on the island were able to uh, detect Destiny, who has a very distinct, very loud, if you will, um, telepathic signature. So it was very telling that none of the telepaths were able to discover her. Um, and then we flip back to where we ended uh, Inferno 1, uh, where they were continuing to have the vote on uh, whether Destiny uh, can become a part of the Quiet Council. Uh, we see that uh, that Mystique had gone behind, uh, behind the scenes and talked to all of the sort of obvious holdouts uh, on the council. She talked to Exodus and convinced him, but she didn't really have to do much convincing uh, to vote for Destiny. Uh, she convinced Sinister. She convinced uh, Sebastian Shaw by telling him that she knew for sure that Emma was gonna vote against it. And then she convinced Emma to vote for it. Um, so she may have pissed off Sebastian Shaw in the midst of that, uh, but the, the folks that she knew that she wasn't gonna turn their votes, she didn't even need to ask Storm. She didn't need to ask or talk to Kurt. She didn't need to um, ask or talk to uh, Kate Pride. Surprisingly, Kurt voted along with his mother. So that was um, somewhat surprising there. Uh, then we see that um, Moira, uh, requests for um, Charles and Eric to expand their like mini circle of people in the know-how to include Emma Frost. Uh, they try to, they bring her in um, on the Moira secret and uh, Emma Frost immediately is not with the shits and uh, storms off. Uh, we see the uh, Omega Sentinel and Nimrod um, have plans on the Orcus Forge. Uh, they have some sort of teleportation device that they're working on, um, but Nimrod and uh, Omega Sentinel Karima uh, meet together and it looks like Karima is trying to explain the differences between the jump from an Omega Sentinel to a Nimrod to, to Nimrod since he didn't quite understand um, what caused that evolutionary jump. Uh, because they realize that uh, Emma and Emma is not with the shits with Mora and Charles and uh, Magneto, they decide that they need to bring somebody else in on the secret um, or bring them in, not necessarily on the secret, but bring them into their uh, circle uh, to fill the remaining seat on the Quiet Council. Uh, we see a mission log of uh, Sage leaving the island to go on a break um, off island and it turns out to be, uh, well, we're not exactly sure if it's Mystique uh, that is masquerading as Sage or if it's Sage uh, following Mystique who's masquerading as somebody else. Um, but she, Mystique speaks into uh, one of the Orcus uh, facilities and uh, infiltrates part of what it is that they're going on with uh, trying to figure out how to some, come up with some sort of teleportation Thing, um, to mirror the Krakoan gates. Um, they, Moira and Charles and uh, uh, Eric decide to bring uh, Colossus in as the final council seat member to take Jean's seat, um, which is telling because uh, Colossus tends to be 
goody two shoes and always tries to do quote the right thing. Um, so that doesn't seem to align to me uh, with where Charles and Eric and uh, Moira uh, tend to be. They tend to lean a little bit uh, outside into the gray area uh, more strongly uh, than Colossus does. Um, but we will see where Colossus on the Quiet Council will go. Um, also important to note, as we saw in X-Force last two weeks ago, um, Colossus could be potentially uh, being manipulated by his brother Mikhail and the Russians. So that would be interesting to see where we come from that. And that is Inferno number two. Thoughts, comments, critiques, concerns? Uh, table of Dust uh, takes the floor. Um, <laughs> not by request, but by demand. Um, because we the chair recognizes Table Dust. Thank you, Zach. Uh, so it was a lot of interesting ideas going on, but I wanted to primarily focus on White Savior, AKA White Queen. Um, she had the name White Queen. I just choose not to respect that name. Uh, please, please, please don't come for my girl. Please don't. I'm not coming for her. That's my girl as well. Okay. I'm just saying White Great. Savior is right. a better name. It's more honest. Um, it reflects her. And accurate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so White Queen, it shall be, and we will all love it. I mean, White Savior, it shall be, and we will all love it. Um, she had every right to do what the fuck she did, and I can't wait to see exactly how she gets up in their ass over what went down here. Um, oh, because it basically she's gonna drag them. Oh, she's going to make them rue that entire day. I don't know if she's going to depower their asses so they have a taste of their own medicine. I like how she pointed out, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for the fucking children. So I'm not sure why you thought you can have me fucked up like you did. Um, Colossus's manifestation on his team is also going to be one of the biggest fuck ups in Xavier's entire career because in adding Colossus to this team, he did not do it for the right reasons. There was no actual vetting process to what was about to happen. He just wanted another yes man that could be quote unquote trusted. And Colossus is also a type of yes man who would kill Destiny. Um, I, you know, I stand that man. He's one fine piece of ass. Um, there's a reason why he walks the battlefield in Daisy Dukes. Yes, I think Colossus is fine, okay? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I have to tell the truth. He is. Do you love Do you love him? Now, love is a strong word. Oh, well, uh, you know, you, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Cut the, cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> do I say I love Sink? Yes, it's I love It's all or Sink. nothing. It's all or nothing. You have to love you know, him like I'll, I love Saber too. I'll play with you. You love Sabertooth, Apocalypse, Mikhail. <laughs> I have now, taste in me. I have taste. I feel like me a goon. See, see, Steven fucking with them, them soft ass men. I like me a goon. Because I, I gotta like fight and mess up my manicure. Sink is definitely a goon. Sink is like Sink said, I'll die for my woman. Worse, yeah, I'll live for my woman. That's a that's a man right there. That's see, someone who see King, see, 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 we see Apocalypse up, we see Apocalypse like, ooh, that's a black king right there. That's a yes. Yeah, especially with that shape-shifting. We already discussed that like, you get down to some shape-shifting. Now, Mystique showed us one variation of what you can do with some shape-shifting this, this episode, this issue. You know, she 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 could also get it, but <laughs> Apocalypse primarily, yes. And I really hope that we get more discussion of the Brotherhood of Mutants, because I think this is showing us kind of like the reason why there's an issue with the council at large because all of this, everything Mystique just did, is the same like flat scan behavior that they were criticizing. It was like bureaucracy, party lines being manipulated, 
And that they're framing it like a bad thing. Like, oh, David's like, oh, they can't be doing this. This is wrong. But I'm like, this is literally why the tip that the winter table exists and that council is because some of y'all aren't acting right. Some of y'all are all up in Xavier's asshole and y'all are just reacting. I don't agree with Storm's vote in this, none the bit. I, I can kind of see and justify it as Storm going like, okay, um, something's going on. I'm not voting yes until I get more clarity of what the fuck is going down here. Cause this girl just sprung him her up on us. She's supposed to be dead. Um, Xavier acting all fritzy. I'm gonna vote no. I respect it in that light, but at the same time, I'm also like, I hope they don't frame it as Storm just voting for whatever Xavier says. Cause that's gonna be like a that's a betrayal of her character. No, see, see, I disagree. I think Storm voted the way she should have voted against Destiny. And the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because you don't want couples on a quiet council. I don't it, there's no room for lovers on a quiet council because there's always they always voting of one mind. And that can create a situation, especially in the workplace. Because we're at work. Then, when, when, then why is Magneto and Xavier on the council together if there's no uh, lovers? They're not oh. a couple, though. Oh, those that are definitely is, a couple. They've been fucking for eons. They may be good Judys, but they, they a lot of times don't see eye to eye. But because the vision is so okay. intense between them, between what they want, they're going to do. But I love that Mystique beat them at their own game. And Mystique, Mystique this is the also fucked I, all of them. And and that's fine. And and I and I but I love the fact that, that we are seeing Mystique, a Mystique story arc for one. This is about her. This is about mm-hmm. Niece. Niece came in as a strong blue woman that she is. It's like, you know what? I'm about to move <laughs> some shit. Like she ten steps ahead of them. She already moved shit around so fast that no one even clocked it. But I do agree with you, Showtime, where I don't understand how how Destiny coming back online. And, and not resting on Cerebro, like, oh my god, there's new memories for for Destiny. Why are there new memories uploaded to Cerebro? Are you not, nobody's not aware of the database? Because, you know, because, like, because you know, I guess I'm missing in my mind this account. I have a problem. So I don't know how nobody that knows that Miss Destiny was back on the goddamn register. Can't she block telepaths? I feel like she has She has a, like she that. registers super weird to telepaths. Like, anytime uh, a telepath of any measure has tried to read her mind. Uh, they failed one and two. They all they all remarked that she has a weird ass um, telepathic uh, like frequency. So right. all them damn omega level telepaths. You got Charles, Emma, Gene. Gene was doing Rachel. it. I would understand if Gene was doing it. I was like, oh yeah, Gene should definitely have at least got a hint. Xavier, he got other shit to be doing. Honestly, you know. <laughs> But That's, like, like I, telepaths casually just telepathically communicate or open up or talk to other people or scan. Nobody recognized that Destiny was back. None of you. But it's been a consistent hole in their defenses from the jump because they've not detected random new, even human minds on Krakoa. And like, that's a major security threat. It's like niggas are just right. walking around. You're not going to say nothing about that. Um, there's problems with the security across the board. I know some people were a bit upset about some things regarding, well, Destiny's powers has always been weird. Yeah, like you said, like she's, precognitives in general exist on that psychic axis where it's like, some people are so telepathic, they become precognitive. Some people are so telekinetic they, that, that they become telepathic. Precognitives are just all over the fucking place. Like there's this character called Lil Bro from the NYX era, whose whole thing is that he, it's technically a telepath, but he's also clairvoyant. 
He has he speaks to the dead. He do a bunch of shit. Just any psychic shit you can think of. He also is hard to register on like tracking devices. It's just weird all around. Um, but I am happy Destiny's back. I'm happy that she's flexing on Xavier like she was. He was like, uh, I'm gonna put it to a vote. And she's like, I can tell you exactly how that's gonna end up. Do you wanna know? <laughs> now the only thing that I'm like concerned about is um Destiny is unable to see too far into the future. Mm-hmm. So either that means uh, <laughs> that the end is coming very rapidly, or something is blocking her from being able to see. And Destiny has consistently been one of the uh, most prolific precogs that we have seen um, in all of Marvel. Um, it so was I'm interested her... to see what that all means. It was her blindfold. Um, it was like one other, I think it was an inhuman that they were like, oh, dude who, you know, could predict murders and he caused a whole IVX situation. Not IVX, he caused Civil War II. Ulysses. Oh, Civil War II. Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah. Which, you know, hated hated that storyline. Um, I didn't hate him as a character, mostly because he's also from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and they did frame, they did, like, it's hard to get, like, Ohio superheroes, you know? It's the thing that we never get one, you know? It's true. We just never do. So I was like, I, I understand. I get it. He's also the only inhuman, I think, whose powers grew. Like, everyone else just gets, gets their powers, and it's just what it is. His actually developed over time. It was, like, a statement of, like, oh, he's the only inhuman to have, like, a bottomless amount of potential like that. So technically, we're not going to – we're just going to do what, what we do with uh, Ms. Marvel. We're just going to erase the fact that he's an inhuman and pretend like he isn't. Mm-hmm. It's just healthier for all of us. Marvel, Moon Girl, Quake are all inhuman. No, they're not. I don't. I don't know that. Is it true? Yeah. I, bet, I feel like you read that on a forum somewhere. I don't think it's actually true. Um, but there's also Idol that I hope they bring into this because Idol being a part yeah. of um, literally the Greater Ring. I'm like, we never really get to see her speak. And I think that's why we. Can I she look speak? Forward. She can't. She got. Uh, silenced permanently by Tarn. But there are telepaths on Krakoa. I would say there are more telepaths on Krakoa than there is in Arako. Um, and I can understand why that wouldn't be a very popular power because it's not very destructive unless you get talented at it. I want to say Xavier was one of the first mutants to develop that along with Emma Frost. And then later on, you can start seeing more telepaths being offensive, but it didn't start that way. So I do want to see at least some hints in the inferno of them cross-referencing with each other. Because uh, it seems that Destiny didn't just hit the ground and like go, okay, well, let's take over some shit. You know, she she hit the ground. She had a conversation with Mystique. She was like, girl, you lost your way a long time ago. Why was you selling drugs in Madripoor? And say, <laughs> like, where's where's the where's the plot of mutant liberation, baby? Like you died, you made some promises to me. But okay, I guess. <laughs> Um, but now that they hit the ball rolling, it's not like Destiny is just automatically against everyone. It's also seems to be that she's just a mistrustful of whoever Xavier's putting his trust in. For good I also have like I have like really one serious pressing question. Why are precogs so dangerous? I still just don't get it. Like, wouldn't somebody you want to know the future of a possibility of some shit going wrong? Wouldn't you not want to be prepared for that? What is the problem? Like, I, I really I'm really trying to like Gather I the problem. It seems like they'd much rather. Sorry, I, I was just saying, it seems like they'd much rather not know. 
anything right. about the potential the potential future which i don't I, like you said i don't i don't see like what the harm in that would do like or how right. that would be dangerous but it seems like they're trying to avoid like any predictions of any kind what gets me though is that why just pre-cause you got hella folks that can time travel you got hella folks that can otherwise see stuff this is on the council and, and and shit. like their telepaths kind of like pre-cause though like yes, Rachel Summers can chrono scan. Rachel can chrono scan. Psylocke was originally right. a precognitive when her powers, her powers first activated. She wasn't a telepath first. She's a precognitive and then developed telepathy. Um, fucking blindfold, known precogs. Several mutants all across the board had uh, formerly had the power to see the future or had glimpses. Xavier himself has seen the future a few times. Um, Madeline Pryor, she's coming back, but she definitively also had the power to see the future. All of them have, and, and you got Tempo, Tempest, Magic, Cable, niggas that can go in and out of time. Like, what's your issue? I think, like, this is reiterates to me that it's not specifically precognitive. Precognitive just became the excuse and the scapegoat that, you know, she used to hide her every her, all of her plans. I think it's not lost on me that Emma Frost had the exact same reaction that Xavier did when she read his mind. And there are parts of that that makes me automatically mistrustful of the process of reading her mind, because I feel like there's other aspects to her powers that she just hasn't revealed um, at all. Like the fact that she says, if, I don't want you to read my mind, you just can't. My mind literally is a landscape. I paid attention to like the, the big 10 moments that we saw, and I feel like some of them weren't the full story. I'm like, some of those look like it was the same timeline. I don't think she showed her all of them. Yeah, and it's it's also telling that Mora doesn't let uh, Charles or Emma read her mind more than once. Mm-hmm. She only lets them do it one time and then does not allow them to do it. And then she shows them a curated version of whatever her memories are. And then they're not allowed to read her mind ever again. Um, hmm. That's a little That's kind of fishy. You know, it was the alien among us, and it feels like Myra. I just don't trust it. I don't trust that out that the fucking outrage she had when Magneto refused to kill someone. One of the first moments Magneto actually showed like autonomy. He was like, "No, that's disrespectful. I'm not going to kill someone on this land. I waited my entire life for this shit. This is supposed to be for our liberation. It's the same reason why we don't kill, and the same reason we don't depower or exile people and just fill them to the hole. It's the same reason I'm not going to go and kill Destiny. She's on the council." She sits on the council. Leave her the fuck alone. We lost that war. We lost that little battle. We can figure out another way to go about this. More, uh, more to me has always been flaky. Like I, I still wouldn't trust her based off of life free, because like she really was setting mutant kind up to be like wiped out, dead ass. So my thing is like. Does Emma have that knowledge now, or does she have some type of way of blocking that? Was sure. that one of the things that she saw in the the preview of her memories that she showed her? Yeah, yeah, because like she like I know she mind scanned her, but I wonder if there was a way that she could was. block out. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm thinking. Like if she is offering her mind up, I'm pretty sure she's not giving them full access to it. Right. Oh yeah, that would be dumb. Letting Emma or Charles have full access to your memories, and you're trying to be as secretive as she is. There's that would yeah. be dumb. 
She was an assassin. She was a spy. She trained under Apocalypse, Magneto, and Xavier. And then she trained the X-Men themselves. I'm going to feel like this is not even the first time she's ever had Emma Frost in her head before. And also, coincidentally, the only people she never sided with in any of those events was the Hellfires. Because I felt like, you know, that when Emma mind scanned her, I thought that when she got, like, information of all, like, everything that went on with Moira in her life, that that particular thing, like, what she was doing in that third life would have automatically popped up. So, I don't know. Yeah, one, two, three. Three of these are life three, and two of these are her life with apocalypse. Exactly. I was like, that's not the full story. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. you're showing a lot of your work with Apocalypse. That's definitely, yeah, it's going to be overwhelming. That's a lot of memory. She lived for a very long time when she was with Apocalypse. Um, something, else somebody, uh, something else somebody pointed out to me was that Moira's costume, like, sort of resembles Bastion's costume. It was like that, and that um, I forgot the cover of which uh, either House of X or Powers of X it was. It was like the final issue, but they kind of like drew it where it looked like that. And she's wearing that same exact costume. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to come back up because, you know, Hickman is good for the costumes matter, y'all, which is why we still have fucking Jean dress. Jean dress. Hmm. I don't know. I, it's, I think this is one of those moments, this issue was one of those connecting moments that like very much like how Trap and Needle didn't advance the plot. I think this still gave some answers to a wider mystery while also invoking a lot more questions. Um, but it's another moment of shit just being better than Trial by Needle uh, overall. And I'm going to just, I'm renaming Trial of Magneto, Trial of Joseph. That's not the same nigga. It's not Eric. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> These are two is. completely different people. You don't go from like threatening to murder a whole human being uh, and threatening to murder active members of the X-Men and also a few active council members to now going, oh, I would never dis- I would never desecrate the council like that. No, that's not me. And I was like, you you just dragged your daughter for me mentally ill and like it feels like you are having a moment yourself right now. <laughs> that man like, is Joseph. That's not Eric. I don't know who that is. Because like, he'd be giving um, Klaus from the originals sometimes and I know I might be the only person here who gets that reference, but Somewhere, someplace, someplace, someone's gonna get that and understand and not fervently. Like, yeah, because that that nigga be tweaking too in that show. He'll just be like going to picnic and looking into some blonde woman's eyes and it's going, I love you to the moon and back. And then he goes and murders their entire family and gets mad when they get mad at him. Hmm, that's cute. Hmm. Well, on that note, we should slide to the next book. Uh up next, we have Sword number nine. All right. So we open up Sword number nine at the Alpha Flight Space Station. Guardian and Henry Peter Garrick, who is the commander of um, the commander of the the acting commander of the Alpha Flight Space Station, and a part of Orcus. He's orchestrating a plan to take back Araco. I mean, excuse me, take back Mars from the Araki mutants. So. Um, Guardian is a little hesitant about having any type of affiliation with this because of his connection with Wolverine, and he wants to know what he has planned against the whole planet of X. So, Mr. Garrick says, um, what do you have, um, 
well, excuse me, Guardian says, what do you have um, against the whole plan of the X-Men? And then Mr. Gyrick says, friends in high places, Jimmy, friends in high places. So we get to the we get to the keep and the Imperial Guard pops up under the um, invitation of Cannonball. And um, they're coming to meet with Storm, I guess, to talk about uh, diplomatic matters. And um, Abigail Brand sends Frenzy and um, Forearm and Random as, I guess, in good faith. Um, we find out that Storm is late to this meeting because she's still having to fight for her spot on the Great Ring. So um, she just needs to go ahead and just flash freeze the whole damn planet at this point, because <laughs> this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, we um, get to a data page discussing um, why Cable was picked for um, the peak. And it was basically because of both of his parents. Um, with Jean Grey being a member of the council and then Cyclops being a captain commander, but due to them stepping away from um, uh, uh, Kokoan politics, they're no longer, um, that doesn't give Abigail Brand any access to, um, that doesn't give her any leverage. And we also see another part to the data page talking about um, Cable's telekinesis and the techno-organic virus and kind of how they both balance each other out in a way. And I think she's planning on using that to her advantage in this crazy plan of hers that she has. So we skip to um, the spacecraft that pops above, um, that pops right above uh, Lake Palace. And um, in teleports these five cybernetic uh, enhancicles, I think that's what they're called. Um, they're called the new, um, the new Lethal Legion. And they are up, they are armed with the latest psychic warfare technology um, and combat skills and all of that stuff. They presented them like some new Apple series or some shit. <laughs> So there's five of them. So you got uh, Halfbot, who uh, he's a tactical combat droid, and his thing is psychological horrors. You have Mr. Eloquent. Um, his thing is uh, melee combat. He has a uh, um, automatic, excuse me, automatic atomic chainsaw. Uh, let me see. You have the electric head. Um, they are equipped with a bipedal tank unit and their thing is um some type of empathic some type of empathic attacks or some shit um you have orbis extremist um let me see basically they have this laser focused control of any opponent on the um on the battlefield and then you have desperate who is um basically biological warfare type of deal um so they leap into combat fang is the first to go he gets his head popped off by half bot <laughs> um next you have um the electric head that takes out um guardian and basically it's an empathic attack that takes him down because we all know that 
um, Gladiator's abilities are linked to his confidence. So basically, he feels worthless. He's feeling all these type of all these type of emotions. Um, next to go is Neutron, and he's taken out by um, Mr. Eloquence Atomic Sword. Um, let's see. Then you have Orbis Extremis, who takes control of Random and sticks his hand in uh, forearm, forearm mouth, and then creates these spikes and basically takes his head off. <laughs> um, next to go is Titan. Um, he is taken out by Death Grip, and he uh basically is infected with some type of bacteria and decomposition and he's down for the count um cannonball he's going to take his head off um and before you know it clouds is gathering we all know what that means you hear that famous clock of doom or whatever the hell that sound effect is and storm pops into view and she apologizes for her being late and she wants to just go ahead and discuss matters of state we then zoom to um, some type of orb, somebody in this orb, and they're talking about Storm and how they can clone her abilities or shut their abilities off in some way or replicate her powers. Um, and we get to Gyric, and he says in his experience, you know, uh, it takes the right weapon to turn uh, Storm's powers off. Hopefully they don't go that route again. Um, then I guess this was like a test of some type of, um, I guess this was a test of some sort because Ms. Uh, Henry Gyrick is in cahoots with some, with Orbis Stellaris from the Galactic Realm. And, um, then he goes ahead and he activates, well not activates, but he reveals the mold that's on the inside of Sword. And then... We get to the end of the book and come to find out that the mole on the inside is Wizkid. And that's how we end the book. So this was a really good, this was a really good issue. Um, I think that just like on Krakoa, um, we have a lot of other people that have certain agendas going on, especially Abigail Brand. Um, it's something that we know Storm isn't going to like. I think it somehow involves Cable. And um, with Wizkid being a mole, I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to see how he fits into all of this. So what are your guys, what are you guys thoughts and feelings on this particular issue or theories? Um, Wizkid being the mole not only surprised me, but also didn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how or why. Um, but I, I want to see where that goes. I, I really wish that it wasn't WizKid, though, that it was like some other random person that we didn't actually give a fuck about, to be honest. No, no, we, we just starting to love her. We, we can't, we can't, we can't tarnish her just yet. <laughs> for real, what has she done? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, we, we don't want her. But we definitely don't. We want love her, her design. Her. We don't even know who she is. Yes, I we mean, do. We know that she is about that about that fucking life. You know she's, she's cable sickening. reloaded, killing shit. 
She's sickening. She's giving looks. She is the doll. We love her. She said, but I don't even had... need to use my powers. And the fact that you're asking me to, fuck you. And she does it anyway. <laughs> But I wonder if this is a thing where um, Abigail and Wizkid are kind of like ahead of guy. Like they're like two steps ahead of him. Like they know what he's got going on, but they're trying to figure out what he's doing first. So the streets are saying that's what everyone's saying. They've analyzed that one panel of like Abigail Brand looking back at it uh, to the utmost depth. Um, I have to say that like in writing, there's this thing called surprising yet inevitable where it applies to all stories where you have to have this understanding that something needs to happen, that there is no other way, course, or action how the ending comes. However, it still feels surprising. Um, like when you look at characters like, you know, our baby boy, Wizkid, he has never been pro-mutant. Even when he joined the team, he was like, I, I never saw it for any of you niggas like whatsoever. Um, honestly, if I could prefer it, I'd be back with the Avengers Academy. Except they set it down. So, and at the same time, that little speech he gave to Cora about like, oh, but the sword team, this is my team, is not weakness to ask for help. It's not weakness to be assisted. And like all that moment, it does boil down to like, that moment I was just like, where did this come from? You know, I was like, he wasn't like this a few issues back. And we haven't seen any development of them as a team for me to believe that that's the whole story. For it to go and pivot this direction, I I can't say I would be angry if it didn't continue down the road of, yes, Wizkid thought he was betraying Krakoa. However, Bran is definitely on top of this and she knows what the fuck is going on. And his whole point was for this. Um, my other thing was, do you guys think that Arako is now going to declare war on Earth because they just broke their laws? Um... um I'm more interested to see how Shi'ar plans out. Yeah, but if they do declare war on Earth, there's not enough nuclear bombs to procure that. (laughs) (laughs) All them damn Omega-level mutants trying to take out Storm. (laughs) Karn is going to have so much fun. (laughs) Karn's going to be like, oh, so just not Krakoa, leave Krakoa alone? Cool, got you. <laughs> It'll be Iska at the front of the council. Like, don't worry, Xavier, we're not coming for you guys. In fact, we are offering to share the funds. <laughs> you right, we're going to do what y'all should have did when y'all established Krakoa. Y'all, we're doing that for you. You gave us a planet. We're giving you a planet. He said, "Don't worry, cousins, way. we got you." <laughs> you know, it's all love in this family. <laughs> you gave no, us an I... uninhabited planet. We're giving you back your planet. <laughs> it's just for me like looking at that event and thinking about how seriously they take their laws they're like we don't have that many laws there's not it's really difficult for you to break this shit and how much we did not see the only the only iraqi who cared about laws to be there i feel like in a situation like this it would be one of the few moments where i think aurora is going to have to sit down and do some heavy flexing in order to prevent anything from going down because i'm like this if i if i was on that council i would declare war this will they can milk a whole arc out of this if they want to i don't care but something about that didn't feel right for you to go into space attack a shiar diplomat attempt an assassination and do that 
on our rocky soil and the one place they said by our power and might no one here will be touched and tarn couldn't break that rule but everyone else this earthling these earth motherfuckers get to come here and do that it's weird to me it feels like disrespect it feels anti-black and honestly <laughs> and honestly i do want them to do something because i want to see what happens when the avengers are more forced in that way they're pushed and pressured to say okay you kind of have to choose a side like the orcas did this so either y'all declare war on orcas in itself or y'all move the fuck on they definitely need to give that energy to orcas yeah because it's like because thing is like i think that like like to steven's point it's just like if you're not Krakoan, you're automatically allowed with humanity and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are regrettably automatically aligned with humanity. Even Wakanda, even uh, the Shi'ar, not the Shi'ar, um, the Atlanteans, everyone that is not in, in treaty with Kokoa is considered human. So they are not to be trusted. So it, it happens to spill that Miss Orcus is up there sending out uh, mercenaries to go ahead and swipe the girls. Because I... <laughs> Cause like child, um, they they dragged the fuck out of that man who looked like somebody from the Legion of Superheroes. Um, Yo, <laughs> say it, cause I saw that costume. I was like, I was, I was like, I said, I said, I said, you look very familiar. You look very familiar, friend. Um, but Neutron I, or the other nigga? No, the Wolf nigga. Feral. Feral especially. Like, did you, did you oh, ever watch? Yeah, yeah. You, remember, you remember like the Legion of Superheroes cartoon? They had a wolf nigga oh, that looked, whatever nigga yeah, named Wolf. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, like, shit, yeah. He very much so gave me um, Shi'ar's uh, saber tooth, though. So it was both. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that team is supposed to be like the Legionists. I think they're like a literally like a, they're, they're, they're their home homage, as you know, Marvel likes to do sometimes <laughs> to the Legion of Superheroes, because I think they're like one for one, their powers are like literally the exact same shit whole right. power i'm gladiator my power is to be as powerful and as mighty as my self-confidence i was like okay superman relax you know oh, he makes... well, now that you go ahead, I'm sorry. no go ahead no i was gonna say now that you mentioned the legion of superheroes and kind of how they favor the the new lethal legion or whatever they kind of remind me of what is that what was that group fatal that five dc the yeah the fatal five they got like they kind of give that they were giving it they were fucking them up they really were they really were like i was like i was like why does this look familiar i was like the fucking fatal five it was i'm a giant robot with a psychic brain they have a little is there a literal character like that on the fatal five he's that giant beast looking motherfucker with a brain like literally inserted in the car basilisk i think that's his name yeah, and then they had the um the orbis oh, no, extremist. That's kind of, yeah, that's the orbis extremist. That's kind of like um the Emerald Empress. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's kind of what she was giving. Look <laughs> at us being like interested in DC. We know things, guys. Look at us. We're real nerds. We we can afford poor books like DC Comics too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> artwork. That's funny. And we cheap were just paper. Discussing Oh yes, that runny ass paper that it'd be giving not even newspaper quality. Um I don't know even you want just, to touch it because I feel like the ink just gonna come off on my fingers. That's how it's the same internal. ink that they use in pad commercials and tampon commercials. We take the little mysterious blue liquid 
and they test it and see that <laughs> Massey pads are 11 times stronger than the normal. <laughs> as long as it stays blue, we're all cool with it. But when they turn it red and other colors, no, ma'am. Right. <laughs> It's giving that mummy wrapping. <laughs> like, I was like, what mummy did you feel this off of? Right, I will old say, ass uh, paper. Uh, sidebar that it was great to see forearm and uh, random in this book, even though mm-hmm. uh, random basically killed um, forearm in like one panel. So I'll just fuck that man up. They um, took out Gladiator in like one fucking panel. The nigga that's supposed oh. to be su- uh, the Superman analog, they took him out immediately. Confidence gone. Damn. <laughs> yeah, crying. like Gladiator. He in distress. That's how Sue Storm took his ass out. Right, that, Cannibal did the same thing too, took his ass out by killing his confidence. Mm-hmm. Those uh, powers toxic big- masculinity. But that's his kryptonite, I guess. So yeah, he gives mm. big dick energy until you talk about the girth. <laughs> <laughs> and then next week, yeah, he out. He out for the cow. <laughs> so how was the meat last night, baby? <laughs> it was nice, babe. Just oh, nice. It took a while to digest. It was there for a while. Um, it was a little yeah. roomy in there, but it's fine. It's like when a dude, when a girl was talking to the to the boyfriend, she was like, "You got big dick niggas in your phone. Why you ain't fuck them? Cause it ain't fit. <laughs> it ain't fit. What you mean it ain't fit? I fit in it fine. Exactly. So you got these big problem. dick niggas, right? That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that I love. That's it. where I, the issue lies. I love it. Back that, which go, which goes back to that roomy word, <laughs> right? I just can't wait for these mutants to be resurrected as Iraqi variants. I can't wait to see it. I feel like we need more Iraqi resurrection, resurrected mutants. Um, just because. Well, I thought it was only exclusive they, it, go over there and get resurrected. But wait, I thought it was only exclusive if they were in Amen, not because they were on Iraqo. So I, I, Amen is where talking, I was talking with this over with. Um, Michael Fux, I think is his name, Michael J. Fux. Yeah. Um, and the comics actually say two different things. So the uh, data pages specifically say Iraqi resurrection protocols, like the the um, issue where they first introduced that happening. That's what mm-hmm. it says on the data page. But then the next time you see them talk about it, it says Ammon resurrection protocols. So I don't know if it's one or the other or if it's both or what and then when he talks about it um he specifically mentions that they only changed in response to something that was a danger to them because they were on Amos and not just on Araco. so it could be anything ah great we have problems we'll see we'll see because they might need to just clarify that before I get excited again because you know we love everything Araco here Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to see more of it. You know, Storm has never looked more beautiful than because I would love to see the Circle Perilous and the Crucible be the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I um going back to Storm, I like that they are giving her more like uh her hair turning into clouds and shit like that. I like how her her hair is blending and shit like that. They're doing more 
shit with her. <laughs> well, that's the thing when she's they doing keep shit like that. That's God hits back and forth out of out of that costume though. I have seen her. Didn't didn't she recently go back to her costume mm-hmm. in the earlier part of Reign of X? And sword, she yeah. uh she swapped literally in that same issue. She was wearing that while she was in Araco. And then when she went like to Earth where she was like she was on like the perilous, like speaking to Sword as a team, she was in her ordinary X-Men, like the pre uh Hellfire Gala uniform. And I think that's a way of saying that the costume that she wore at the Hellfire Gala is not representative of Aurora herself. Whereas when she's like Storm, she's a member of the X-Men, she's a dignified member of Koa, she puts on the traditional superhero getup. Um mm-hmm. Which is important. I feel that it's so important that they call her Araco the Storm, uh, and Araco, and they call her just Storm and Krakoa. I feel like there's a lot of material here for a solo. Like I'm ready for them to just do that because there's that energy right there. Because it's definitely telling that they alternate between those two costumes. I'm only ready for a Storm solo when we have the right writer and the right artist. They have plenty of artists to choose from. It's the writer that I'm concerned about. And we definitely need to give her some good adversaries because, I mean, she's she needs some. If they're gonna I've always said Celine Galileo will be a good enemy for Storm. It's just that now she's a quote-unquote good guy. So unless she goes to Araco and starts to try to start shit there, um, I'm not thinking we'll ever see her going up against Celine. I'm like, Celine's one of the only villains I can say, oh yeah, her, I feel like there will be an issue. Tarn also, I feel like, is now a hero. You can say that he equates to her in some level, shape, or form. Um, throwing Anubis, you know, for extra merit. Not that he can defeat her, I think, but more so, you know, interesting plots. Wolverine, God, Wolverine's plots are, like, against people that he, quote-unquote, would fuck, but they're just acting out right now for his attention. Uh, I think, to your earlier point earlier, Vontae, that um, I am... I'm noticing now that you pointed it out that uh, Storm wears her pre-Hellfire Gala outfit when she's on Krakoa, but when she's on Araco, she wears her Hellfire Gala outfit. When she's the regent of uh, Araco and the voice of soul, she wears the big regalia. When she's on Earth, she just wears her regular shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that they, because at first, I'm not going to lie, the last issue of Sword, I thought they were doing away with the costume because they kind of like, destroyed it in a way i was like i hope we're not doing this <laughs> you know she has duplicates you know she saw herself in that and she opened up that shine app ordered at least five different copies <laughs> so the same look i went too. that look is bomb as fuck it really mm. is Couldn't nobody tell me shit with no big ass lightning earring on the side of my ear no legit that, it's and i'm walking around anyone? with a thundercloud um, keeping y'all social distance from me, back up. I'm like, if y'all have some cosplays of, you know, people in that variation of the Storm's costume, send them my way. Because I want to see, you know, all the inspirations uh, of this iconic look. This is the look, um, and it needs to exist longer, harder, stronger. She was fired. But she's looking real fine. So anybody that recreates that look, I want to see the thighs. <laughs> the thighs got to be out, out. I like out yeah. out, and I don't want, and we don't need no stockings or no shit like no that. Fishnets. Have them fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can have a good like dance type going on. We cool with that because we understand it's cold. We get it. Mm-hmm. 
but we still want to see some thigh. Keep the thighs out. You know, for the inside pictures, you know, you're posing, you know, you control the, mm-hmm. you control the temperature a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, but when, like, we understand when you step outside, you know, you can slip them back on if you do feel like undressing and redressing like that, you know, because that looks like an hour minimum uh, just just getting all the jewelry together because she was dripping. Mm-hmm. Mama has all of the jewels. Well, speaking of all the jewels and all the diamonds, uh, Marauders is next. That was a beautiful pivot. That was a sexy mm-hmm. pivot. Okay, so Marauders this week were kind of met, if you ask me. Um, but we take off immediately from when last issue when the mean old space alien who was conveniently like a black man, um, he was like Mr. T, honestly. Mr. T the alien, that's what we're call him. Mr. T decided to steal back his ship rather than ending things all in peace. Uh, he decides to choose violence. So in the moment that they are sucked out into space, we get to refresh ourselves on some matter-of-fact things regarding a few of the X-Men's abilities. For instance, Iceman doesn't actually breathe when he's in his ice form. Uh, and so the Omega-level mutant, who seems to be overtly too powerful for this team, decides to step in. He forms a cocoon made out of ice to catch all his friends and to keep them safe. Um, and in doing so, he also, I believe, uh, catches some bits of oxygen along with them so they they won't all together just die um which is a good bit of thermodynamics and physics you can't say the x-men don't have a nasa dude on staff sitting there answering questions because this was difficult to pull off um in the same space that he does that he sets them adrift and tries to pull them to a certain direction um he has emma frost go diamond so that she doesn't consume any more oxygen only after like trying to check and see if they were close enough to go catch that man on their own. Um, Pyro uses some aspects of his fire ability along with Lockheed to manipulate the oxygen use in the air. In the air, Red Bishop, which I believe he's going by now, uh, and Sebastian Shaw work together to generate, you know, momentum and thrusters for the ship to go. Um, there's also a really funny moment where Kate takes out a pistol Pyro believes he's about to get, they're just all going to get killed themselves and then tra- transfer themselves back to Krakoa. And Kate's like, uh, nah, we're not going to be that dramatic. Um, and decides to facilitate the oxygen generation moment. Um, all this goes down, and Emma Frost helps maintain a circuit in order to plot a course for the ice cocoon ship to float towards the ship as it's going. Um, in the meantime, as they're flying through the air on basically what amounts to artificial thrusters kate shoots through the air by phasing through it and flies into the ship it's a really weird moment also because kate can fly so she doesn't need to be projected in any one direction but i guess they just decided that this would be cooler which i'm always okay with Uh, i'll never complain about a moment where someone's power mysteriously gets limited if it's in an effective way and if it's in a life or death situation and if it just looks cool um kate steps up goes up at dude and he thinks he got that shit kate takes the time to remind us that she's a ninja she can fight uh and she decides to just beat his ass because in all honesty kate is among the most powerful mutants on krakoa if you can't be touched you can't be killed it's literally just a matter of fact um she takes dude out quite easily and it has emma frost invade his brain and 
lets them back on board. They then take Drew, drop him off on a random on a random planet after threatening him that if he tried some shit like this again, they were going to kill him, uh, and that the X Men do not ever fight fair. And then we end with Lucas Bishop realizing that the X Men have kind of been soft on the overall for Kokoa, and he proposes what is now known as a war college in order to train mutants as a defense team for the, for the entirety of Kokoa functioning as like the jury duty for mutants there to serve as warriors every once in a while on rotation. Um, not only to keep them up to par on strength, but also to tighten that security that's been quite loose, to be honest, all across the island. Um, and with that, we get to the end of the issue. Not much has happened, but it was a lot of flexing going on. And I guess it was their moment to pull off one big mutant circuit. Um, thoughts, theories, accusations, beliefs, um, a com comment and a question, but go ahead, Evan. Um, they dropped him back on Arago. Um, he didn't drop on a random plane. They put him right back where they found him. Um, also, um, Kate knows, bro. Kate always fucking with Kate knows. I don't know what's wrong with Kate knows. Kate knows been getting fucked up since day one on this motherfucking book. I don't know why they got a beef with Kate knows. But they've been fucking up Kate knows left and right. Something's anti-Semitic about that. I don't know why. But I keep fucking with that woman knows. That shit sounds I racist. Say, yeah. It feels anti-Semitic, doesn't it? Like it it just feels it does. Wrong keep up with her nose. And rude. But I will say that uh the Shadow King was right. Go ahead, Showtime. So my comment is um what was it? It was what was I looking at when I had the comment? Shows so how pretty fingers. I want to say that right now. Okay, well, thank you. Um, oh, my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're entirely right, though. <laughs> um, my comment was, A, um, I'm trying to go to War College with uh, Daddy Bishop. That's one. I am, too. Um, because nigga's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, thing two, <laughs> correct me if my if I'm wrong. Bishop cannot generate power on his own. So how the fuck did he generate power, pass it to Sebastian, and then them passing it back and forth somehow makes it stronger? Somebody explain how that makes sense. Because I it didn't okay. make sense to me. His power is real weird and it's inconsistent. It's only as consistent as the writer wants it to be. Like he should not be able to get stronger when he gets hit. Like that's Sebastian Shaw only. Technically Sebastian's power, we don't like to talk about this because we don't like giving that man compliments. Technically he's stronger than Bishop um, because his power, if you hit him, he will get stronger. Uh, I'm guessing this is the moment of them saying that he was residually already carrying energy around or he's probably just generating, pulling it from the air since he's heating up. I don't know what that is, but he pulled energy from somewhere because he now, can't generate energy on his own. He, yeah, I mean, he can, he can pull ambient energy from the air, but I don't know where that energy would come from. Like, given the circumstances, I don't know where he would pull that from. And Bishop is known for, like, secretly storing energy, too. So, like, mm. I think that he had it, like, stored. But I think maybe there's some kind of like mutant physics where exponentially as they keep hitting each other, it makes it bigger and bigger. They can share between each other. Um, to me, it's a little it, it's a little gay, it's a little fruity. It looks like snowballing to me. But yeah. you know, the girl, honestly, the girl, 
If your girls know what snowballing is, Google it. You're grown. <laughs> Don't Google it on your work phone or your work Do uh, not. Go- yes. Google it from do a private device. That. Yes. Google it from a private device, but like the girls is like uh, doing energy snowballing. I don't and like that. Cause- it really was a circle jerk. That's all this meeting circuit was, was a circle jerk. They were all beating off in one room. You know, they had, what's that, what's that advertisement you had for us last week, Showtime? <laughs> Whatever beta cream that they had going on, that was what Bishop was doing. Uh, but no, Bishop can enhance the power of whatever he absorbs, so he doesn't just flat out absorb it. I'm going to boil it down to like just basically the fact that he's been on for cold for so long. They've said that mutants do, do get stronger and healthier by being in community with one another, like that. Um, I don't know if he's been resurrected yet, I don't think Bishop has been killed outright yet, so yeah, he should be good on that. Um, so Bishop can actually amplify the power he receives, or is it Sebastian that can? He can amplify it. Sebastian, I feel like he can do that as well, but it's mostly just been him throwing the energy right back out, uh, whatever based on whatever he receives. You know, I don't follow a lot of Sebastian's powers because they, I think it's always seemed kind of, I don't want to say boring, but, you know, after seeing the infamous yeah. scene in X-Men First Class where he kills Darwin, I just started going, okay, so anything he does is just absolute bullshit. And we just got to accept it's going to be yeah. bullshit. And that's Sebastian not even Shaw his, that's not even his rash. He is dry, but that's not even his powers, though. So, like, he, he can't form energy in it. <laughs> I know I that's not him. Like People can go, him like, but that was the movie. I don't care. Something about it's one of those things where you see a representation of a character in an outside medium and it impacts how you see them for the rest of your life. It's like how people still expect Storm to be saying those spoken word verses when she summons her powers. And it's like, yeah, she never does that in the comics. But if she just did it once, you know, it's kind of iconic. <laughs> kind of like, oh, I know exactly why you did that shit. And I love it. Um, now she she um, introduces herself with a crack of lightning. A crack of lightning, and then she lightning gives you her whole resume. She says, I'm a world of storm, the weather witch, the Hadari Yao. Hello. Crack-a-boom. In case you didn't know who I was, I have a name in every language, motherfucker. So what's I good? I really want Crack-a-boom. her to have um, uh, Masande come forth and just read her resume for her. Mm-hmm. Hey, do it in she the needs way a that they do. Yeah, do that in the way uh, they do in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. She has many titles. Many titles. Honestly, she should have been the the first candidate for external. What's the one you gave her? I gave her the um, Empress of Dramatic and Elemental Entropy. Yes, yes. yes. Goddess, the wall. The wettest of the wall. What's her full? I forget her entire Vogue name. Oh my God, I need to memorize it. But this is the second time we started standing storm. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, It happens every episode. I'm with it. Honestly, you know, this comic used to involve Storm a bit more, but you know, she she got promotion. She had to go. You know, she misses her co-workers, but I'm pretty sure if she was on this team, they would not have this issue whatsoever. Uh, You know, since tension all atmospheres. Like keep the whole it trial of Joseph shit could have just been kept. Um, Honestly, she's gonna stay on Araco, and I'm I'm really with that. 
I'm, I don't I'm think she's having the that. time of her life for Araco. Mm-hmm. I want to see her with some Iraqi friends. I feel like she's fucking um, one member of the table dusk. I feel like the dude who does the laws, they're probably fucking. Hopefully he looks human. Hopefully. We'll see. Or her and Iska. That's like her. It's in my head that that's his, her, her greatest aunt. I feel like that's her ancestress in some way. Yeah, I feel like that would be her secret. I don't know why Iska kind of gives me an Angela Bassett vibe. She does. She kind of does. But they, like, I, I looked at I, her... I, I had to look at her a couple times. I was like, yo, I said, is this Auntie Bassett? This is Auntie Bassett. <laughs> it's, uh, Genesis especially is giving me something about Genesis's whole artwork felt like it was greatly Storm inspired because there was something just going on didn't we, there. Didn't we think that that was Storm at Storm's ancestor at first before yeah everyone uh, swore like back swords. when we saw the mask of uh Exosaurus, you only saw the mask and everything everyone's like what if it was storm it looked like a storm everyone thought it was storm when that mask mm-hmm. which that would have made Exosaurus the finale way better if it turned out to be her but no but they try to Genesis. sell they try to sell yeah. her like she's a character we all were familiar with that's the only thing i kind of didn't like that it's like somebody you all already know we didn't know her yeah, and then we they still don't know her yeah, has never brought to... her up yeah, and then they kind of try to classify like, oh, there's a betrayer or shit like that. And then a lot of people were speculating that it was Storm behind this mask. So that's kind of how that transpired too. It would have been iconic if it was Storm. Um, I understand why they didn't do it. I kind of am also upset that like the introduction of Genesis got in the way of Richter and Apocalypse's his whole relationship. That nigga was definitely gay for Richter. I don't care what anyone says. That nigga almost killed someone over him. <laughs> it was it was it was giving Will and Jada and August Alcina. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Entanglement. They ran away from and the gas being that queer. They have right. um earth powers, so entanglements be ba- be bound. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just that Richter's power. Like I've always been saying, Richter's power is very much storms, except with stones and rocks and shit. Um, let him let let him be queer together with Apocalypse. I feel like at the very least, resurrect Evan and just give him his full. I think so. Yeah, the, what were we talking? About? That was just too fucking funny. Um, I would have to say though, in terms of a review for this comic, I'm really tired of this artwork. Don't like it. I don't. I think I decided. I think I was okay with it when it was telling like a full length story. But I felt like this was, whole thing was just two issues while they're like boiling together where Marauders kind of sits in a storytelling aspect. Like they're trying to see like, okay, should we set them into space real quick? And I'm like, yeah, if you set them into space, it gets interesting because now the environmental factor, like them getting sucked into space, I thought they were goners, honestly. I completely did not recognize or remember that Iceman doesn't need to breathe oxygen, neither does Emma. Oh, I always remember that Emma doesn't need to breathe when she's in diamond form. Cause that's why she be turning into diamond form. She'd be like, all right, girl, I'm tired of y'all shit. Cause didn't her daughter Ruby, the the yeah. alternate timeline daughter with uh Cyclops. Cyclops. Ruby turned into her Ruby form and stayed that way because she was scared to undo that and then age up like 80 years mm-hmm. all at once. And that's like the favorite side story element of like Emma Frost is that after a certain age, she stopped turning back into a human because she was afraid of aging because he lived mm-hmm. and literally um and that's like the captain marvel mini when she went to the future it was like emma needed to use her telepathy 
and she undiamonded for like literally five seconds and went from like maybe mid 40s to uh, late 50s in seconds. And so I remember that she doesn't do that. It's just hard to remember like, oh, I'm also not breathing because it never really comes up that she's not breathing, you know? It's giving right. Lady Tsunade. Mm-hmm. I've been her for a game of everything. Imagine like you can suck dick and have to come up for breath. Oh my God, I would love to suck dick that way. But it would be diamond, so it wouldn't be as giving. So I'm I put, I put a little, put a little WD-40 on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't be able to achieve suction. But that's the thing. See, we were just discussing. Everyone brings this up when I talk about Colossus, right? I'm like, yeah, if he goes metal while he's in there, you know, it might be something special. And everyone was like, but that would be like it would shape. It's metal. It's made of steel. I'm like, you're thinking too much, baby. No, you knew <laughs> about the... You, your whole... Exactly. Exactly. People use all sorts of damn... Right. Um, Firm-ass, damn, non-biological uh, shit that they be shoving up in their holes and shit. But I've, like seen Twinkies, I've seen Twinkies vents. Right. Condoms have to be lubricated because rubber does not match with fucking anal uh, walls. They rip. It's not good. I feel like Emma Frost's throat in diamond form, I don't think it's like a rough diamond. I feel like it's smooth, you know, perfect. Like it was right. like, you know, naturally. Yeah, but like, you're not going to be able to achieve suction. You're going to have to have enough pressure to achieve suction. She ain't going to be able to suck. For her, I'll develop a secondary mutation. I'll make it work. Just like, you know, if you threw it back on Bishop, because he absorbs energy and, you know, is able to amplify it, you know he'll keep on going. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of things you can use with this, a lot of things you can do with it, you know? I love that for you. I just wanted to say that, especially, oh, develop a, like a healing factor or something, you know the sex game is wonderful. You know it's great. Um, I don't know. That might make my coochie too tight from all the scar tissue. That's why you need a healing factor, you know? <laughs> what what I, I heal like Deadpool? What I heal like Deadpool? My coochie gonna be so ugly. Well, he's only like that because he has cancer, so his cancer cells are rapidly duplicating. It's not yeah, his fault. Yeah. It's they were calling my pussy Tarn to prolapse. I don't like that. <laughs> So, listeners, you don't know big this, but every week what? so far, Henry like has that. made a Tarn the uncaring sexual reference. He is <laughs> killing it. Honestly, Tarn the uncut. Tarn the prolapse. I, I don't like that for me. Not uncircumcised. I have like I have a very lovely I have a very lovely pussy and I would hate to be like oh y'all oh girl look it's time to prolapse <laughs> Jeffrey look it's time to prolapse oh my god oh no it's time to prolapse I don't need that in my life I deserve better yeah I don't want to hear that type of energy <laughs> right we don't invite that type of energy um to KRKA radio um not in this yeah, radio no. So Henry bore us with some Wolverine. Speaking of healing factors, because I needed it after this shit. Uh, so we are into Wolverine number 17, which is the, the day I was born. It's going to be a lucky issue. It was trash. Um, we open up with Jeff Bannister, a CIA agent who is following 
um, a woman by the name of Dolores Ramirez, who was head of the X-Desk. If you know what the X-Desk is, the X-Desk is a uh, information hub where they are keeping track of cocoa and all the things and all the teas and all the business. And he is tracking this woman down and he follows her to a diner. Apparently she goes to this diner every week, same day, same time. And Jeff Bannister decides to bring his son to a little uh, reconnaissance to see what's going on. Um, and ends up finding like a secret bug that is bugging the table that's keeping track of information and things like that. So we slide over to Krakoa. They are having a lovely uh, karaoke night. Blob, Fred J. Dukes, Outfit King is singing uh, 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 Barbara Ann, but singing Blobber Ann. I love him. Like Fred is Fred. Fred is my nigga. Like I love him. Uh, listen, of course, listen. We stand three characters here: Storm, Peepers, and Blob. Right, right. All, all, all our kings. We love them, king and queens. We love them. So, Blob is singing. Wolverine doesn't want to participate. He's thinking about the next mission. Now, Pyro singing. Now, Domino. Wolverine is still talking. Gene and Storm are doing the Unbreak My Heart duo. Uh, shout out to Tony Braxton. We love you, girl. You know, you, you the child, you made it to the comics. You must be some real shit. That the girls singing Tony Braxton in the motherfucking X Men books and the Wolverine book that is lit. But then we slide to some strange person singing. No one knows who this person is, and look up, it is fucking Maverick. And we all know Maverick was like, I ain't trying to deal with you, Kokoa niggas. I ain't trying to be here for you, Kokoa niggas. And I'm not here for this shit. I like to say they are starting to have a conversation, but in the midst of this conversation, the thing that is disturbing me the most on this page is 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 Bishop in his old Jerry Carroll look with his old XSE uniform. I'm highly confused. The artist needs his ass whipped. I don't know what the fuck this is. That was that was the most disturbing part of this issue. That's number one. Um, so they're discussing about a mission. They feel like some weird shit is going on. And they switch back to Jeff Bannister, who's going back to his CIA satellite office, where they work all discreetly and quietly, listening for any kind of like um, information or anything they hear about Krakoa. But with the file that he found from uh, following Dolores Ramirez, he realized that it is some kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's organic hardware. Um, it's organic tech, but he can't figure out if it's Krakoa or Terra Verde. Um, he finds out that whatever it is, it has a lot of information on it. It's a lot of stuff to download and that it was Krakoan information. And he needs to get this back to Sage ASAP. He sent a message to Sage transmission and like, look, you know, like, girl, I got some shit. This is from my burner phone. I'm in Baltimore. We need, we need to get up soon because some shit is about to pop off. But in the midst of that going on, Wolverine, Domino, and Maverick are on a um, X-Force mission to um, stop this boat that is planning to drop off nuclear weapons into the oceans near Krakoa to like cause it harm. But they come in, they stop the attempt, they whip some ass. Wolverine and Maverick and Domino all kill some people. It's pretty lovely. And then as we slide back to um, Jeff Bannister, he is back at the CIA office and everybody has been killed. Jeff has now gone on a run with his son with information. And he's trying to get this information back to the Krakoans as much as possible. But while he's at a soda machine, he is uh, getting something to drink and drops his quarter. And Maverick is there to intercept him. Now, this also highlights um, a, a very important part of, like, Maverick is working with someone else behind the scene. 
Um, Maverick is clearly a double agent. Um, he is not to be trusted. Um, but they need to get to him quickly because Jeff has this information and Wolverine needs to hurry up and find this man because Wolverine is aware that like they broke into his house. They try to find this man. They, they broke some shit up and it's like they know for a fact that Jeff keeps a tidy home and no way in hell he would leave his house like this. So they know the jig is up. Something's going down. So that is the issue. Thoughts, concerns, accusations. I know the first thing we're going to talk about is that Bishop is going to fall. Girl, the only thing, there, there were only two things that I gave a fuck about this entire issue. It was um, Storm and Gene standing living legend Tony Braxton. Um, and then why the fuck did you have old school Bishop in there? Like this is 94. What are we doing? Outside of that, I didn't give a fuck about nothing because it's Wolverine. I don't really care. That was a thing too. That was a thing for me too. It's just like, I don't mind the Wolverine book so much. I will say the the, the story arc with Solemn and, and Sever Blackstone, whatever the fuck that, that man was, that was a good little story arc for me. I kind of enjoyed that, but the, the, also the third part that that well, no, another third part. The other part about this issue that made it trash also is this artist. I, this Medina person, I don't know who you are. Um, I wish you well in love and light, but I don't like the way you draw. You upset me. You you give you 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 make you make my my heart burn. And my acid reflux starts to act up. Act up, A-C-K, act up, black folks, act up. It's acting up. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's ugly. And I'm sorry to tell you your giving... artwork is ugly. It's giving DC Comics. It's giving very muddy. It's like, I'm going to get, like, shit on my fingers when this is done. Like, if if um, if um I want to say an unfleeted bottom, this would be the artwork. Like, a bottom don't fleet. It, it upsets me. <laughs> I know my body girls. This is this book is really giving Jack Horner sticking the thumb plot of plum. I don't like it. Um the artwork is very atrocious. Um it's giving it's giving old school X Force ugly artwork. I can't with this shit. Um, but we have another story arc coming. I don't know what it's about again. I just, I don't know why we have a Wolverine book. I wish y'all would leave us alone and stop trying to make Wolverine happen. Wolverine is not fetch. No one cares. Any He's getting thoughts? a whole double event, like House of X, Powers of Ten, no one starting knows in why. January. The it ten be lives of Wolverine. Girl, no one ten yes. stabbed some people. He stabbed some people, probably. It's a bad dad to Dakin. Uh, chose Gene 10,000 times. Um, is there going to be Somehow because they're going to be creative, X-23 is going to be tossed in there somehow. Somehow, somewhere. So. Gabby's going to be killed at least twice. You might see Deadpool once. Uh, and that's about it. Wolverine, you don't really have that much going for you. What really is there to your story? Your arc is finished. Yeah, there's and now nothing. They're just milking yeah. It. It's like and you cancel all these other books. You cancel all the other books. You see Wolverine. What, what what do we do? What do we do to y'all? What did we do to y'all? We are so sorry. The most Whatever interesting done, thing so that's sorry. happened lately with Wolverine is someone wants to fuck him. That's about it. Make it a love story. Make it a love story. I don't want any of it. I'd rather they just leave Logan like making special guest appearances like Cyclops does. Cyclops cool is more that. interesting than Wolverine right now. Isn't that well, terrible? Well, also that. Cyclops, I I turned 40 and I discovered polyamory and bisexuality. Oh my God, look at me. I'm going to a Pride event. 
Uh, I'm making dad jokes now. I'm actually a good father to my kids. It's shocking, guys. It's shocking. But I just don't get it. It's just like, Wolf, like Wolverine is in two books. He's in X-Force and he's in his own book. It's like giving Cyclops two books. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Cyclops wasn't even that predominant in the Cable series. Like, yeah, he was there. He had, like, some cast stuff to do, but he wasn't, like, consuming the story and becoming all about, like, Cable going through and dealing with, like, all of Cyclops' enemies because, real talk, only enemy Cyclops really has is Madeline Pryor. She wants his ass dead for good reason. I mean, I'm cool with that. All right, since we had enough of that trash, it is time for Steven's Circuit Party. Yay, Yay let's Yay. go. Oh my God. Hey, kids. Hey, grown folk. How you doing? So this week, in honor of the fact that this is the first time we're recording before we get to see um, the Eternals, hopefully this episode drops right before the premiere day, right, we'll Thursday. Go. You know, Henry is saying something musty right now, but unfortunately he's muted. The Tyler Perry production of uh of uh of the X-Men is coming out. Yep, still <laughs> muted. I don't know anything Henry's saying right now. I can't recognize it. Just like I don't recognize Transformers. So the Eternals wow. is dropping soon. They actually have a movie coming out this week. Uh so we're gonna talk about it. What are you guys, some of your guys' aspirations or hopes for this movie? And like, do you have any concerns regarding the reviews that's been coming out, even though we know that those reviews are trash? Gowns, Gowns. Gowns. you both get opinions. Henry, you do not. Hello, let's go. Wow, wow. <laughs> Gowns, beautiful gowns. I wish everyone well. I will watch it. Okay, but the we're, gowns we're are actually beautiful. We're watch it. The gowns are actually beautiful, though. Like, the yeah. costumes are actually beautiful. I would like to see um, Icarus without the flap, just to see if it's w giving what everyone has now said it does give. Aren't they gowns made from the gold dust from Forming Mills? It's very low budget to me. Low budget, so like every Michael Bay movie, starring your girls. Bumblebee I, I... was giving a Disney Channel movie made in a hurry. I, I just really hope that we get a movie that really is better than that crap book that they keep trying to peddle to us every fucking month. So, do y'all agree? Do you guys hate the Eternals? Um, I will say, um, I am looking forward to I'm looking forward to the movie. Hopefully, it gives a new superhero team now that the Avengers are over. Hopefully, they deliver. Um. They, they are good, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> they are great gowns, beautiful gowns. Um, Icarus, Icarus looks good. Icarus definitely looks good. So, oh, you're um, you talking discount Cyclops? How about discount Cyclops? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he, does, he does get Cyclops. I think I said that in a tweet. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. he, looks, he, he looks mm -hmm. like he'd be more of a Cyclops mm -hmm. than an Icarus. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here for I'm, um, Black Gay Forge. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like him, and he's thick too. So I know he's dick fat. Mm -hmm. And he and he gay too. I want him. To, I want him to turn me into a twinkie. How's that you any know, different than like a Tuesday for you? All I know, Henry, is that True. the more you hate True. the Eternals, 
the more I get to like relish in the fact of knowing that the Eternals doesn't do well, we're never getting an X Men MCU film. We're never. It's never gonna come. We're never gonna get it. No, they don't. They don't. You know do, they it's gonna do sell out because it's a Marvel movie. Yes, it's gonna sell out. It. It's going to and, um, explode. It's going to nut in our faces as everyone is so excited for this. Angelina Jolie is in it. It's going to do really well. Like I'm really like you know I'm really looking forward to the movie. I'm really hoping. I, well, this is the thing that this is my personal thought. I really hope it gives us something because for me, I felt like Black Widow and Shane Chi didn't move the narrative of the MCU forward. I don't know what's really like the next big thing besides the multiverse of madness. I feel like we've got more content out of the Disney Plus series shows versus what we got out mm-hmm. of the movies. So I'm really hoping that whatever Eternals does, <coughs> whatever they can do, <coughs> whatever they can possibly pull off. <laughs> more than the Transformers, that's what I know. Uh-huh. Whatever they could, whatever they could do, that little, that little movie they gonna have, that little cute little movie, the little yang yang around the house, um, that they push the narrative forward. I hope they, you know, they pay Angelina Jolie to carry that movie on her back. So they, that's what, that's what's going to happen. I, I think mean, but, they're doing world building with the gag is it's really the Minority Olympics, right? Yeah. It's like the United Colors of Life Benetton. Like you got all the kinds of people. Everybody's identified in the movie. That is lovely. They got queer. They got black. They got disabled. They got they got uh little Sophia Petrillo, the little sprite character. You know, old, the old person, the little person body. Very Sophia Petrillo. Um, I like I like it. I, I, it's going to it's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. How was your chicken? Oh, it's fresh. Um, definitely uh baked all the way through. Um, I can't wait for it. I. And all honestly, I feel like I was talking about this in the timeline with a few people who are like, they're not nerds, they're full-blown writers, fully distinguished, more distinguished than I'll ever be, and whatnot. And they're like talking about like the reviews regarding the movie. One of them in particular. Hold on, pause. Them, We're gonna pause. Mm-hmm. We're gonna pause for a moment. Don't down yourself. Oh you no. are great. I'm a powerhouse as a writer. I am that nigga. Okay. I will Let's just say, clear. though, I don't pursue that avenue of seeming prestigious or something like that. It's like a whole thing within me that I'm like, I can't take myself that seriously to be seen oh, so in that light. Oh, you have imposter syndrome like most Black creators have. You got it. That's okay, weird next thing. I don't. I do. Imposter syndrome feels so weird to me. I do not understand that. But again, I was raised by a narcissist. So the concept of doubting myself was beaten out of me a long time ago. So you think you got better coochie than me? Okay, got it. Okay, uh, let's continue. With I think I'm better grip, for sure. Who would like? Oh to, bitch! Oh bitch! Um, oh bitch! Let's oh, test bitch. this theory out. We, we we have a grip off. We have a grip off right now. I'm gonna pick up this uh this kettlebell with my pussy and see what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch. <laughs> I'm just saying. But no, like, but Steven, I am. Oh, like, what was my point? I am happy for a little movie, though, that's coming out. I am real happy for Oh, you're about the writers. You're talking about the writers. Yes, I was saying that they all reviewed it very badly. They were like, oh, it was blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if, if the nerds go see this movie and it's not getting as bad as y'all framing it, they will come for you. They will pull up everything you just said and they will look at you like you're stupid. Because they're like, so you just didn't review it as like it was a superhero movie and you decided to try and review it like it was some fucking scholastic academic art house piece. 
like, no, I think we have accepted that Marvel will give us a certain type of brand with the movie. You could say, like, the Black Panther happened, and it was, like, bar none, the best movie that MCU has put out, right? But the worst parts about the I Black disagree. Panther. I disagree. Which was your top three? My top three is not Black Panther. Black or Panther, b- yeah, I, that's my number one. Black Panther made me hate, made me hate my own people for a while. Because one more, one more nigga walk up to me and cross his hands, cross his chest, want to get popped. Y'all all dress around and, and come to America cosplay. Y'all really don't give a fuck. All y'all all of a sudden want to like make Wakanda this big thing. That shit made me immensely. It was like it was like disrespectful to the nerds who have been deeply involved in Black Panther and all the other things that that T'Challa has done. Granted, save for the fact that Chadwick Chadwick Boseman is a is an amazing actor. He is Black Panther. He will always, he is tantamount to Christopher Reeve's Superman for me. Mm-hmm. I will stand by that ten toes, but non-black nerds ruined that movie for me. They ruined it. It became a whole phenomenon, like this this uh, this romanticization of Wakanda, and us all be it didn't bring us cl- closer together at all. Because because Wakanda Wakanda stands for a greater thing that we as Black Americans or people in the diaspora currently are never ever going to be capable of because we don't have that kind of mindset to even be in that state. With that being said, it's not my favorite. While a great movie, great movie, loved it, but it was not my favorite because like the non fans were trying to reclaim something that we had loved much deeper than they would ever love. And it was insulting. Like that has nothing to do with the movie itself. <laughs> I think I think I agree that they were they were carrying that shit. And it was it was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm happy I only saw that movie once in the films. I didn't go see it multiple times. So I'm like, I have this thing about movies where or good things in general. Well, like that first time I saw it, the first time I saw Black Panther at the end, I cried. Full blown. I cried when uh all the stars start playing, you know, they just doing like the step by step making the digitized effect. I was like, this goes in. This is an experience I don't think I'll ever have. I'm like, even at the end of the day, you know, other black things are coming on, but it always still has that ringing effect. Like, okay, but the end is still back to reality. And it's like, but the ending still has so much to it. Whereas the end of Black Panther was filled with so much hope that it was beautiful. And every single one of those actors and um, uh, people behind the camera, Put right. they whole ten toes in every bit of everything that they do. Right. Michael B. It Jordan, was... comparatively not as great of an actor as the rest of the cast. However, he did put forth a very great effort. Right. And the thing like, that's effort blackest... you will ever see a film. Right. That's the blackest thing we've seen in a really long time. So I commend that. But like the way the fans like loving it from like a black space of like it's black as fuck and I love it. I received that. Mm-hmm. My issue was just like. Now all of y'all want to wear like you know Wakanda Forever bullshit and motherfucking African garb. It was to me, it was it was very insulting because Wakanda's not a real place. Not like it was like even like in the because y'all are nerds like we nerds like we all are nerds here together. We all know that the costuming came from different parts of Africa. It was not all even the tribe were not explicitly an African nation in particular. It was all of the diaspora in Africa, and it was insulting to minimize it to like. Nigerian clothing and kente cloth. Y'all don't leave me the fuck alone. True. I will say that the idea behind Wakanda appealing to African Americans in particular with the sheer amount of ethnic erasure we've gone through to the point where, you know, 
I don't really believe in people going through those Ancestry.com tests or any type of bloodline tests and they go, okay, whatever I have the highest percentage of, that's where I'm going to identify most with. Like, even that dynamic cannot exist for us because we no longer exist in a context that is culturally dependent on Africa. That being said, the idea of Wakanda being something African-American is latched onto makes sense because right. it is fictional and it is, I'll be honest, it is an Americanized perspective of what right that kind of world would look like and right. it's unapologetically that way because you know the directors everyone involved were coming from a background just going i cannot facilitate this fantasy of being seen complete my africanness because of what i went through being erased however it is heartwarming to say that there are pieces of these histories all throughout what makes me an african-american um right. and so that's why i try to give a lot more clemency to it there's people who carry too fucking much but I did try to see it from that perspective and I did understand like why we took something like that and we did what we did with it. Um, and it's also why it still ranges as a top, for me, a top film that Marvel can actually produce. Yeah. Because yeah. outside the CGI moment and those, the formula that Marvel movies typically now has to follow, that movie would have been like a gold standard. It was a great spy movie, all in all. It had an awesome message. I'm, I'm upset people took Killmonger's message and thought that was a smart idea. It really wasn't. Um, that plan was really bad. It was Killmonger a really bad is a plan. better villain than Thanos. What? Who? Who? What? It's he like, like saying no. that shit, and I'd be like, "So, did you watch any of the other movies?" Yes. He was not Wait, a very no smart one. planner. He was not. He was giving. He stole. He read Black Manta comic and stole Black Manta's plan. Exactly. Good ass. Aquaman. I think it was Aquaman two thousand three. Black Manta, like when he was revealed to having, like they revealed Black Manta had autism. And so he was also deranged. It was a weird thing they were doing where they compared his autism to being mentally unwell and violent, but in reality, it could have just been two different things happening at the same time, whatever. And it revealed kind of that it was, but Black Manta revealed that his whole plan regarding why he hates Atlantis so much is that you guys are a like a walking monastery of whiteness. All of you are literally some Aryan looking motherfuckers living underneath the sea in the most powerful civilization known to man, and my people are in plight. Like, he had a full-blown Killmonger mentality. And then he went, I want to conquer Atlantis and take all you out, and then give all the Atlantean technology, magic, and everything to African Americans and African people in general across the world, and we're going to live in Atlantis instead of on the surface world where we're being oppressed. And that was his big reveal after Aquaman, quote-unquote, cured his autism and thought that would make them friends after that because now he's no reason to be a bad guy. But Black Manson was like, have you considered I just don't fucking like you? Like, have you considered that I'm like low-key a violent person without my autism and that you were just being really ableist when you cured me without my consent? It was a really interesting thing. I saw I Arthur Curry a lot more right now. Um, he'd be moving mad weird, honestly. Um, and I wasn't <laughs> even one of those girls who said Aquaman sucks. I thought Aquaman was an interesting superhero until he did that shit. That was weird. Did they, did they retcon that sexual assault out of Black Manta's story, too? What did he do? I don't even know about him having committed sexual assault. No, 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 no. No, Appar no apparently he was on a boat and he was being, he was a child and he was the victim of sexual assault and breaking violence. And Aquaman, Aquaman went by and didn't save him. So he resented Aquaman as a result 
of the sexual assault that he experienced as a child. I think, yeah, I think they retconned that to where it was still some, it was some situation where his parents died and Aquaman didn't save him and then that caused his whole rivalry. It's the same yeah, thing because he also retconned Killmonger being a violent war, like warlord in Africa and like facilitating shit like that. I think they completely retconned it once uh, Killmonger got popular because it was like, oh, we can't really have people rooting for this character if he did all that stuff. Just like they kind of retconned, like I think we all noticed that they are not resurrecting M'Baku and they're now using that the, the intergalactic version of M'Baku um, as the representation of that character for popularity reasons. But it's always been one of those weird things. But that's also the thing that we see in Eternals. And I would say they, they did it to a good effect in the comics, no matter what Henry says, uh, <laughs> it was a good effect that they changed Makari, that they're doing a lot more interesting things. I kind of, I've seen some reviews when people were like, oh, I don't like that um, Fastos as a Black queer character, the first one we see in like the MCU, did this other big thing that feels sort of like something a Black character wouldn't have done. I'm like, you gotta take it for granted, like the idea, or at least where I'm coming from is that he's not really a Black person. Like he looks Black, he appears, he dons that kind of appearance for whatever reason. Like the same reason that the Martian Manhunter decides to be a black man occasionally and just goes like, this is what I prefer to look like. Because honestly, if I have to pick any of your ugly human disguises, I'd rather be a black one, specifically with a bald head and a beard. Uh, I'm just glad that he's fat. I mm -hmm. think it's like, you know, like we don't have any fat superheroes. And I really hate the fact that like, that represents. I, I, I like. I, like. I, I. I'm joking earlier about like the whole like minority Olympus comment, but it really is like a team full of people with varying identities that matter. You have, you have fat, and you have queer, and you have black, and you have women, and you have Asians, and you have um, disabled people, like like people with disabilities, like like uh, old girl being deaf. But she's but she's the fastest person alive, pretty much. Like you have all these great things that that make up who we are as a, as a society. Of course, the white cis uh, male character is plain as day. Sigh. Um, but everything else is like it's beautiful around her. Like I'm I'm really a, I'm standing fast. Those like you have no idea. I'm really glad to see it. also with him having a black child, a black presenting child, because like you said, like and that thing too is like as, as nerds, it's like we have to understand that these are aliens. These are these are not typically mm -hmm. uh phenotype black people that are descendants of Africans. So it is like it's nice to see that they diversify the team with some real like, you know, some real identity. And I and and, and I know the white cis nerds are going to eat themselves and kill themselves because we have a black oh, queer uh, factor. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. Y'all can suck cold radios if y'all put the K, the R, the K, the A. I don't give a fuck. Y'all can be pissed off and pissed on. I don't care. I'm glad can, to see they it. They can catch my eyeballs when they roll down to wherever the fuck they right. live and whatever hole they, they, they tweeted from. There's no reason right. for him not to be fat. And I run phase if you want that issue. Right. <laughs> They can't fight. They nerds. They never want to fight in their life. That's why they were bullied in high school. They can't beat nobody's ass. Uh, and that's nobody why nobody will like me because I was such a nerd. Well, you weren't. It's because cool. you stink and you're <laughs> suckish. Like you are a terrible person. 
everyone I knew was watching anime. Everyone I knew was like, Adult Swim wasn't inaccessible, nigga. Like, it came on Tsunami. at the same exact time on every single channel. And Toonami came on in the middle of the fucking uh, afternoon. Yeah. What did you mean? Yu-Gi-Oh! and DBZ were global phenomenons. You're not special, kid. And, and the thing that's so mystifying about that whole, like, the resentful nerd complex is, like, I went to high school in the 90s. Mm. They were watching anime, like, you know, tell the girls you should watch the Sailor Moon in the 90s. They're looking at you like you fucking crazy. But, like, but by the time, like, anime rolled around with Toonami in, like, the 2000s, like, y'all had much more of a bandwidth to, like, be, you know, nerds and anime geeks and all that other shit. Like, y'all had, like, more, like, you know, you could sit around and do that. Like, let me pull out a comic book in Largo High School in 1996. And the girl's like, oh, my God, like, I'm already being called a sissy, not being called a nerd too. Like, girl, if y'all leave me alone. And then, and even oh. in spite of all that, just because I'm a nerd does not mean that I, you know, don't present a certain way or that I have to dress like that. That's something that like with nerds, you got no dress. That, <laughs> you're like, it's, it's, it's like it's like a it's like a false oppression. No one told you to wear clothes from Hot Topic every day to school. It's that resentment that goes into why they don't right. believe Nob- that this movie Nobody be told you to take is. a shower once a week, maybe. Right. Like, like you get mad, like, oh, it's a diversity Olympics. They made everyone, like, literally the fact that no, no one likes any of the Eternals, literally. Like, I, I know I came from them now, but, like, literally in that Jack Kirby era, no one liked them because they were a team of all white people, and they would alternate them onto the Avengers and shit, but they were usually right. the least favorite people on the Avengers because, like, there's no flavor to them. Like, they were literally just white people calling themselves gods and being all-powerful and having their interracial drama uh, that boiled down to some really fucked up politics about, like, speciesism and that D&D bullshit where certain races are born evil. I'm like, y'all even knew that that shit wasn't great or good when you were seeing it. But it's actually the diversification of these characters that made them really interesting now. Because now they have a more global point of view. They in- they are interesting that way. The only issue you have is that it's, it's very actually not speaking to you or caring about you. I just think it's funny. Fastos is not the problem. I honestly believe there should be more fat wizards like Fastos. Um, I, I don't understand the, the reason why it should be the opposite. There should be nothing really wrong with these characters who literally are shapeshifters to feel like there's no real point in being or appearing one way or the other. Um, unless we're talking about the Young Justice plot because there's a little too much alien racism going on and Martin Luther King was a very funny moment, but I hope we never go back to it Right. And, 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 moving on to the, the ninja girls is the next arc. Oh, yes. We love the tiger, the dragon lady storyline. We're going there. Let's go. I say that. Um, lady Shiva is a big, it's going to be a big one. An orphan. I hope they animate that fight between Cassandra, between Cassandra and her mother. I want to see that shit. I think the best thing that Young Justice does are those fight scenes where there's no superpowers mm-hmm. involved. It's just those girls, the girlies clapping each other. Shiva fights. Shiva throw hands. <laughs> She's from Katana say, girl, you know what time it is. <laughs> All right. So before this um, episode gets 700 hours long, because you know we like to talk, mm. um, do we have any recommendations? Um, do we have any I have been reading. Um, I'm in issue two of Deathstroke Inc. 
Um, it is kind of like Batman's Inc., but like right now it's featuring um, Destro, Black Canary, and I think it's Asian Toy Man. Um, it's a lovely book. It is, and the artwork is nice. I'm really happy for DC getting some good artwork. I got to fix that paper, but that, uh, but the artwork is lovely. Um, I'm, I'm going to check out Black Manta. I haven't started reading just yet, but you know, I'm always it's actually really good. Sometimes. Yeah, because I'm like Black Manta has been getting a lot more coverage, especially now that Calderon. I know his name is Jackson Hyde, but uh, his father named him Calderon. Uh, he's getting a lot more um, exposure as a hero, and I really am excited for that because he is, you know, a black queer character. He he's now adopting the mantle of Aquaman. He's doing a lot, so I am excited that he's being received very well. Um, and I want to see more of the dynamic between how being the child of Black Manta plays into that. Black Manta has never not been a cool character, um, and so. I do want to embrace that a bit more. I want to see what Under the Sea Batman has to offer. Did you see that he's dating, he, um, this coming, he's dating a fat black queer partner? It's like a person of color. He's a, he's a Lantian, so it's really hard to map out what race he could be. It could either be Afro Latinx, it could be Latinx. He's, he's on Earth, he's a nigger. He he's on Earth, he's a nigger. He's a nigger. He could just be Samoan, honestly. One, one, one drop rule, he's a nigger. Okay, he's a nigger. He's dating a fat nigger. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, see, See, that's the problem with the black man eating the man-made broccoli. And that's why they can't see each other up, for what each other are. the Phoenix see, Force. Okay. I had to pull out my Umar on you. My, 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 my no, sister Umar. No. My sister Umar. Okay. I was like, we don't give him that title. Thank you. Um, I will follow up that Black Manta recommendation with Aquaman the Becoming. It is actually a really good book. You talked about gay fish this week. I actually am not reading anything new. I'm actually rereading the Augustus series. So it's like, what, like 17 damn years, but all of them are actually really good. So it's, 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 you get to see how Superman's dictatorship kind of goes into different areas like magic and uh, the Green Lantern Corps, the Greek gods. It's a lot. So. I don't know. If anybody hasn't, if anybody hasn't checked out that series, like based off the game, I would suggest that book. Did you start from the beginning? Huh? Would you recommend you start from the beginning? Yeah, started from the beginning. Okay. It's long right. as shit. I just, uh, Vontae and I were talking about it the other day, and I just yeah. went to go look at it and was like, nigga, this is five fucking 300 page um, omnibuses to read yeah, through. This yeah, the girl's been yeah. loving it's, Injustice it's like for a five, while. Yeah, because it's like five years, and then it goes from that into um the second, like, Injustice 2, and then they have something called um, Injustice and P-Man or something like that. So it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of material, but it is really good. Right now I'm just waiting for DC to get back to his magical universe. But I think that's all we got for right now, ladies. Thank you guys for stopping by. We hope you have a happy, happy Halloween. Uh, we'll be coming back for the Eternals. Next week is what? Next week, um, there are no X-Men books. What you mean there's no X-Men books? There are no Ooh. X-Men books to be released next week. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Ooh. I guess we're taking a break. 
It sounds like racism to me. Um, Wait, hold on. Even the great ring needs a breaker now and then. Let's not. <laughs> well, we're, we're, now, we're, next week, like next, next week, we get Excalibur, Hellions, Sword, and X-Force all at once. But no, this week, uh, we, don't, we don't have nothing. I want to well, say I, I, let's do a review uh, of Eternals then. Um, but no, let's take the let's take the weekend off. We we'll take the week off. <laughs> we'll take the weekend off. Come with my pussy played with. I, I, I didn't get ready. I didn't get ready for the King of Olympus. I can take you down. Take you down. Yeah. WWF coming up. Yeah. Death Grip. Henry versus Black Word. Great, <laughs> great panelist. <laughs> Hosted by the region of Arato. <laughs> and Next I guess Saturday I'll be narrating. I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's been hey, lovely. All right. All right. It's been lovely. Love and y'all. appreciate you. <laughs> and hope your hope your Halloween's full of slutty costumes and sloppy your dick. All right. Later. <laughs> <laughs>